4: Hello everyone, it's me James uh, And I'm joined by Shireen and Robert today We're going to be talking about the border Which is where that audio you heard at the start Was recorded yesterday Um, Hi Shireen and Robert
0: Hi, James and Robert. Hello,
4: James. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Shireen. It's, it's, it's <laughs> lovely to have this formal introduction time. Uh, okay, so yeah, we, we're gathered here today to talk about the border. And the reason we are talking about the border is because uh, Border Patrol are doing their thing, the thing that they, they like to do, seemingly like on a quarterly basis, actually exactly uh, three months after the last time, which is to hold people out in the open in between the two border fences in San Isidro, um, just about 15 minutes south of where I live, the it's probably worth um, grounding this discussion in the various claims and counterclaims. So there are about 200 people in between the two border fences right now. People I spoke to were from Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Turkey, China, Vietnam, Honduras, wow. Guatemala. Yeah, like. Uh, the reason that sometimes these lists of people sound like uh, you know you're singing washington bullets is, is because uh these are all countries that we have destabilized in one way or another um, saying we qua yes. the united states um not we as cool zone media we we aspire to destabilize regimes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we've only we destabilized two or three countries mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, and we're proud of it yeah. We, we, yeah we don't yeah we don't uh we don't hide mm-hmm. it um by, yeah by, uh, we, we took our shot at Canada, you know
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've
4: taken a good, good, good couple of swings at a tomador. I think we landed mm-hmm. some punches, but um, who knows? Time will tell. So, yeah, it's people from like I think often the migration is is constructed as "quote unquote" Mexican, which is definitely not the case. I spoke to one family uh, from Mexico yesterday, but like even if you look at border patrol statistics, um, about four thousand out of fifteen thousand people apprehended in the San Diego sector in July of this year were of Mexican nationality.
0: Wow. That's lower than I would assume, to be honest.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a number of things, right? Like it's uh, these countries, like like climate change is definitely getting worse. So, so mm-hmm. migration is happening from there. I see a lot of people from Vietnam. Um, mm. I don't have the language skills to speak to them in depth. Like I, I was speaking to someone, and we'll get onto this, through Google Translate from Vietnam. Um, but hard to conduct a full interview, especially when folks are guarding their phone charge, which they mm-hmm. are because... Exactly the same as last time. They need the phone to do CBP one. They need the phone to interact with their families, and let them know they're safe. Um, <laughs> some of their families, I guess, don't know that they're traveling. Uh, I was helping people charge phones yesterday, so um, we can talk. Let's talk a little bit about the mutual aid response, and then we'll get on to the border patrol shenanigans. Um, so there are two groups down there right now, and I think it's very impressive the services they're able to provide because, because border patrol claim these people are not detained. Mm-hmm. that means that they are therefore not obliged to provide any services to them right right um, yeah so that would mean they don't have to give them water they don't have to give them food they don't have to give them shelter and or uh, like sanitation which sanitation is the one that's really hard to cover because everything has to go through a fist sized gap in the fence um so that that's still like a, an unmet need but uh, these two groups uh, free shit collective they're at free shit pb on uh twitter and also um American Friends Service Committee I've spoken about them before they're a Quaker group uh, they're really great like in terms of turning up and helping people who need help they're constantly there and they uh, they're a good place to send your money even if you're not a Quaker yourself like like check out their twitter like get you they they probably align with a lot of people who listen to this show on a lot of things like, i think they're prison abolitionists um So those two groups were there and they would, at first, there was myself, one person from American Friends Service Committee and two older volunteers who would come uh, and about 150 to 200 people. So um, mostly I just kind of helped because I think in that situation it's more important to help than necessarily like get the best audio for your podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So we handed out water, handed out food, handed out those emergency survival blankets um, and... Uh, that was about all we had at first, some like medical stuff, people who had medical. Uh, and a bit later, uh, free shit people came and, and Xavier came. Uh, I'm not sure what Xavier's org is, but I will tweet it when I find it. or I'll put it in the show notes too. Um, he's great. Uh, I've spoken at his events before that he holds down by the border. We had a border media round table. Um, he turned up with a massive generator. So that was great. We we're able to charge phones. And what's really, um, I think, like, notable is how much the people in between the fences are able to participate in distribution of goods and helping each other so like they have a person who volunteers to be the coordinator for the water distribution and one who volunteers to coordinate for the um organizing people into lines and making sure people don't cut the line right and then one person who was the phone captain who was doing like an incredible job of They'd get the cell phone, right? write the name of the person, and then assign them a number in the line. And that person would also have that name and number written on their hand. And it's written in duct tape that's taped to them and taped to the phone. And mm-hmm. then when their turn to charge comes, you sh- he would shout the name of the number. They would come from wherever they were in between the walls. They'd come and we would charge the phone. And then once it got above 50%, 60%, we'd switch it out. And he'd call them again and they'd come get their phone. Uh, so lots of that is stuff that was learned in May, Uh, And and has been like implemented again, much more like it's less chaotic than it was before. And and fewer people are able to provide better help, which is really good. Uh, It doesn't mean that those people don't need like donations because they do. I know the free ship people came with dozens of blankets, but there weren't enough blankets for everybody. So uh, we were prioritizing families with children and pregnant women um, to to have a blanket, but it was cold yesterday. It was raining and and, people didn't have anything to shelter under. There were a few tops, but, not very many and like it's a pretty like they were very young babies there right it's a pretty difficult place to sleep with like people were very keen to get their hands on cardboard boxes to lie down on to sleep i think that gives you a sense of how kind of uh underserved they are there's obviously no toilet facilities because you're just in a dusty kind of desert area um, by the border so um if people are familiar with las americas the discount mall um we're like Maybe a mile west of there uh, along a the dirt road, and um, and it's just just kind of dusty field, uh, so very rocky, very difficult for people to sleep, very exposed to the elements. Right, it was hot today; like I was out earlier and it was ninety-one. So the, the, they won't be having any shade today. They didn't have any shelter from the rain or ways to keep warm last night, and they're not allowed to start fires either, um, well, even if yeah. they have the means to do so. So um, the situation of these people, I think is something worth discussing because it's not exactly super duper clear what role this plays in the immigration process um and there were a couple of examples to illustrate that so i was able to talk to one person um they presented themselves uh from like they, they came into the parking lot walking and they looked looked very concerned uh, and so i approached him and I was like, hey do you need anything can we help you and uh, they had experienced some kind of medical condition um and, and been taken to hospital, which Border Customs and Border Protection will do that, right? Like if those people are there and they're having an emergency, they'll open the gate, take that person out uh, and uh, transport them to hospital somewhere in San Diego. Um, that person had then been released from hospital uh, to a taxi, which uh, hospitals in San Diego have a habit of doing this. Uh, they'll dump homeless people, right? If, if you, Anyone in San Diego will have seen this. You'll be familiar with like people dumped out of the hospital in Hillcrest, Warringah hospital gown and maybe having very little other possessions it's every single day this happens Um, unfortunately people have passed away on being released by the hospital before in Hillcrest Um, so they release these folks and I guess they often give them a bus pass or they pay for a taxi in this case they paid for this person's taxi they asked for a taxi to the border their command of English was pretty limited so they asked for a taxi to the border Um, they were taken to like the formal border crossing at San Isidro which is a mile and a half uh, east of where we were and then they walked down the dirt road to where we were but obviously because there was a fence in between us and the people being caught, detained then they weren't able to access that area right um, so uh that leaves them in a conundrum right they're, they're now in the United States like without uh without any status they were able to one border patrol agent advised them to, to return to mexico obviously that would constitute an entry to mexico in between ports of entry right you'd be illegally entering mexico um it's not border patrol's job to enforce mexican laws but uh that person was in the united states and presented mm-hmm. a claim for asylum right um they had a cell phone uh, and oh. they were using google translate and they they literally i, I could see it it was like i'm afraid to go back to my country. I'm afraid I'll be hurt if I go back there, which is like a pretty textbook asylum claim. Uh, I would like to claim asylum, right? And, and on making that claim, a Border Patrol agent returned them to the area in between the fences, right? Which would suggest that like, this is a, a holding facility to Border Patrol um for people. I just want to read uh, the statement that Border Patrol made to me this morning. Uh, This was like, in a couple of hours from when recording this, recording this on Tuesday. CBP has built and retrofitted facilities along the Southwest border to enhance our capabilities in this regard. CBP has also significantly increased the number of medical personnel along the Southwest border and those providing other wraparound services, all to better support ensuring getting people appropriate care as quickly as possible. Border Patrol has prioritized the quick transportation of migrants encountered in this environment, which is partially dangerous, particularly dangerous during current weather conditions. To border Patrol facilities where individuals can see medical care, food, and water. It is important to note that migrants who are between the border barriers are not in Border Patrol custody and are at liberty to return to Mexico if they desire. We have some audio of Border Patrol addressing the migrants in between defenses, so Daniel's going to drop in right after this.
0: Down Listen, we take as soon as we can. Listen, there's too many of you. We can't do this fast enough. The longer I sit here and talk to you, the less time we have to take people. So go sit down. We're not designed to take hundreds of people. We're working as fast
3: as we can. Just be patient. all I can tell you.
4: They're shouting at them. They're shouting at them in English. Um, they're not really giving any clicks. So what the, the people obviously have questions, right? They've entered, mm-hmm. lots of them have been given bracelets. When he's talking about the bracelets, um, and people will have heard that in the intro too, that they were taking people with white bracelets. Those have a day, right? The day that you entered. Um, so like it, it might say Monday or Sunday or today, obviously it's Tuesday. So they would mm-hmm. get a bracelet, which has a color and a day. And they process people in order uh like of priority that's so the people who arrived on monday first they'll process unaccompanied minors i didn't see any uh obviously like so some 18 year old people it could be hard to tell how, how exactly how old they are 17 whatever but didn't see any people that young on their own after that they will process single uh mothers with children uh i saw a few of those quite a few of those after that they will process like uh, like a, a family which they defined to consist of, of like a, a man a woman and Children after that, they will process uh, men on their own. Um, I guess women on their own, then men on their own. Um, they had initially separated people, they had people just like they had last time, right? In, in like families and those with children, and then single men were somewhere else. But it seemed like people were able to come to travel in between the fences down to the place where I was because that was the only place that they were able to access services, right? Um, and I guess the claim of Border Patrol is that these people could go back to Mexico. I'm not sure. How? Um, because obviously they're, they're in between these thirty-foot walls, right? Um, right. You could go around the end. That's how people come north. Um, but but uh, that, that's quite a hike, especially if you haven't got any water and food and stuff. So yeah, it, it's this is what they've claimed. It's worth noting that like Border Patrol, um, a number of representatives from the the Hispanic Caucus like requested Border Patrol clarify this after what happened in May. Uh, In their letter, they noted that the conditions violate agency guidelines for detention, which they do, and that Border Patrol isn't supposed to hold people in its own custody for more than 72 hours, which some people were held for longer than that in May. Uh, And CBP responded, I'll just read it out. The individuals in question had not made contact with US Border Patrol personnel and were not constrained from further movement. At the time of this incident, the U.S. Border Patrol San Diego sector facilities were experiencing capacity issues and some transportation challenges, which have since been remediated. Border Patrol agents encountered and apprehended these migrants as soon as it was operationally feasible to do so. Again, like they were dropped off in May by Border Patrol vehicles in the place where they were being detained, and, and it's simply not factually correct to suggest that they had not come into contact with Border Patrol. Yeah. Uh, I, I I have video of it. I've published video of it on Twitter. Uh, we've used audio of it on the podcast. Like it, it's just not true. Um, so border patrol essentially are, are claiming that this isn't happening uh, when it continues to happen, right? And uh, this time they've taken that to its like they've really doubled down on that status, I guess, because they're not providing any services, um, which is uh, probably a good time for us to hear from some products and services Uh, oh (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) fucking magic look at that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) taking Mm -hmm. a victory lap i'm quitting now (laughs) Uh, never podcast again all right enjoy these adverts
2: Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
4: Yeah, it's me. I'm back. Everyone else is still here, too. Now we're talking about a mutual aid response to what's happening at the border, right? And. Um, as I said, Border Patrol aren't providing anything. And as I said, at least when I left, I left after it got dark, quite a long time after it got dark last night. I was there for probably seven, six or seven hours. And I saw more and more people arriving in that time. And it was a really wide uh, dispersed group of people. Like, like it, I would say maybe the majority were Spanish speaking, but a lot of people were Vietnamese. I was speaking to uh, some Francophone African people of various nationalities right before I left. Uh, like I said, there are lots of people from like, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Azerbaijan, places like that. Um, those those people were pretty prominent, so it's fairly hard for volunteers to communicate with all of them, and they don't have any information, right, about what's happening to them. Can they expect to be separated? In some cases, they can. Uh, can they expect how long can they expect to be there? We don't really know, right? I heard one border patrol agent saying that. Some of the people who arrived on Monday could expect to be taken out maybe by Wednesday. So that's at least two hours, two days, right? So all of the services that they're being provided, uh, they're being provided through mutual aid right now, which is exactly the same thing that happened last time, right? Sometimes Border Patrol last time gave them a granola bar. Um, we haven't come back with their granola bars this time. And I think it's really worth us like taking a moment to consider the scale of... What like two hundred people? It's not that many people, but it, it was more than two thousand people in May, and that was provided for by mutual aid. And I think it's a really good, like, getting off point for maybe us to have a little talk here about uh, like how we do mutual aid, because um, the only thing that enabled like little babies to have like a blanket is someone messaging someone else on Signal and being like, "Hey, this is happening again." Do you have stuff? Can you come down? And someone who I don't know, weeks ago, I guess, was like, "Oh, these people are doing nice things. Let me send them some money," and because without that, those people would just be sleeping in the in the in the dust. I think it's really, uh, it's it's admirable. I think, and it's something that, like, phew, I don't know how to say this, um, that we should take into consideration when we're discussing things like religion and then like doing discourse and and like it, it could be really easy to get like into like full Reddit atheist mode. Like I'm not a person who believes in, in religion particularly, but like I, the only people who are helping at some point are people yeah. who are at least part of religious organizations. Look, I think the the, the perfectly
5: consistent stance to have is that like, if someone is showing up and providing people with uh, necessary assistance and not, Not asking for anything in return, including the ability to proselytize, then I don't Mm -hmm. give a shit what they're doing. Right? Like I don't care if they're from a church. I don't care if it's like you know uh, some like as long as they are showing up and helping people in desperate need and not demanding some sort of something from them, including like you know them them listen to a a spiel. I I don't really you know yeah it, it could be a church. Who gives a fuck? Right? Like I'm glad they're there.
4: Yeah, totally. It could be a church. There were mosques there last time. I'm sure sure that there were like synagogues and and Jewish groups. And fucking
5: kudos to those people, right? Yeah. You know, like that's good. Glad they're there.
4: Yeah. Uh, Those, yeah, those people are doing anarchism too, even if they wouldn't call it that or whatever. Like, uh, you know, the, the more we can create networks that look after each other without trying to control each other, then the better of a place we make the world. And that's what those people are doing. And we should all celebrate that and support them however we can i guess and um, so as of today there are still people there uh, and they still seem to be putting people in there um i think it's not supposed to be too hot this week like we had triple digit days last week i think over the weekend was pretty hot yeah it was I, it was very hot over the weekend so like the possibility for this to get much worse is is still there right the possibility for people to get the 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 person I spoke to who had to go to hospital had become dehydrated. Like that's how they Mm. needed, because you don't, when people were come, when we first, at least when I first got there, people were very hungry and very thirsty and like really desperate um, for for a drink of water because often they'd come from some of those other holding areas and like walked down because this was the only place where they could access stuff. Um, So like, yeah, I guess the potential for this to turn into something as as sad and completely unnecessary as what happened in May is there again. Um,
0: yeah. So yeah. you mentioned that there's no shade, like no shaded mm-hmm. area. So when yeah. it's triple digits, like there are kids and babies and just everyone's outside.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: That is yeah. just, I mean, it's terrible regardless, but like that in particular, that's like brutal.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think it, I've shared these pictures with you guys before, but like in, in Hakumba in May... Yeah. like. People were making little kind of A frames and lean twos out, out of osutios and, and cacti and stuff, just trying yeah. to get out. of This it, it was very hot then out there. Yeah. Um, but like, Even remember, the photos
0: you sent recently, there's like a there's a photo you sent with with a child's hand like coming out of the the, the fence, and it made me emotional.
4: <laughs> yeah, it makes me emotional. Honestly, yeah. like I think I've said this before, like in interviews. I know I did an interview with the Rory Peck Trust about this, but like. I would rather go somewhere dangerous and, and have dangerous things happen than like see a little kid have to be cold, not be yeah. able to help them or like just be sad. Like it, it's not a fun yeah. place for children. Yeah. And I, that fucks me up in a way that like. That's, yeah, I would I would so much rather be like physically
5: uncomfortable or in danger than like <laughs> be in a perfectly safe place where you're watching kids suffer. Like that's the rough thing. I've been to a lot of, refugee camps and it's always like you know it's weird because i've also seen a lot of kids like in active combat zones and don't take the wrong thing out of this but like the the kids who have been stuck in a camp with like no chance of ever getting out seem like more depressed in a lot of ways than the kids who every day you know they're they're in you know part of the city even though like the city is a, a dangerous place to be they they're they're moving around they're usually doing stuff obviously it's a, a much more a worse situation in a lot of ways but like the degree to which being in this limbo messes with their heads and depresses mm-hmm. them and traumatizes them is. And again, uh, I'm not saying like it's better for kids to be no. in an active war zone, but like it's... that is trauma as well. And I think in a lot of ways, an equivalent trauma, even though the, the yeah. danger to their body is less the trauma they face being stuck in a place and and not having any idea what the future is and not having any mm-hmm. ability to influence it, really. Right. Yeah. Being, you know, these yeah. kids up at this fence are totally they have no control over their future or their lives, really.
4: I think that's the really like it strips people of their agency, which is a really mm-hmm. degrading thing to do, right? You're forcing yeah. these people. Yeah. They have They can do everything right, like that. That yeah. that person presented a perfect affirmative asylum claim, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they, yeah, it doesn't matter. And I think that's very hard, especially. I imagine it's very difficult. I'm not a parent, but I imagine that, like, if you are oh, a parent, oh god, yeah, yeah, you know, you just want your your kids to have a safe place to grow up, and like. I I don't know it's the first time I ever realized that I was having a trauma response and it was not a good one was in 2018 with the migrant caravan um when like I had been there was one little child who I speak about a lot but like she was obsessed with my hair if if people haven't seen pictures of me have long hair um and like wanted to braid my hair every time I went there and so she'd come and she'd sit on my shoulders and I would just do shit Uh, and she would braid my hair while I was you know handing out water bottles or or, you know talking to people doing what i could do and like i saw that girl every day for months right and and i remember once coming back to a christmas party and just wanting to fucking scream at everyone it's a juxtaposition from being seeing this little kid like deprived of so many things that children should have warmth and shelter and good food and a safe place to be and then going home you know 20 minute drive across the border drive home and uh See people just like going about their lives. It's it's a really challenging uh, yeah. like duality. I, the th- we can't stop it, right? Like it's not in our power to stop this, but like um, it is in our power. One of the things I hear people being like, it's like welcome to America. Like it's a pretty fucked up way to be welcome to America, right? But like, I like I'm an immigrant. My my arrival here was very different. Um, like Shireen, you you came here when you were younger, right?
0: I, I was I didn't immigrate myself. I was born okay. here a month mm-hmm. old, moved back and okay. my parents Good. immigrated. yeah
4: so oh, okay. you
5: yeah. you can be president. that's important.
0: Uh, oh yes, mm-hmm. I can be president. Yeah. You can be yeah. president, yeah. but
5: not James. Yeah.
4: That which is which cool. is good
5: which is good mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad we've down. Down. yeah yeah we locked this down yeah but attorney more general to... <laughs> yeah you <know>, that is <laughs> yeah. my goal for you james
4: yeah i can see i'd really crush it in that role uh-huh. i do, do i do love a good law um uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah 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 shireen mm-hmm. can take out ted cruz mm-hmm. who is not you can eligible. you can be
5: shireen's john mitchell <laughs>
0: Wow, <laughs> it's yeah, a fun, yeah.
5: fun little Watergate trip for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I, I I will be uh, hiding mm-hmm. Shireen's secret mm-hmm. meetings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping for Haldeman myself.
4: That's the oh,
5: that's the okay. guy to be. You know,
4: mm. I want to go back further like further than that. You know, like when presidents were chads and uh, like Roosevelt got <laughs> shot five times and sort of delivered a speech. Like, like uh, I can see Shireen having that kind of energy. Wow. Sure. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, lean into we'll, that.
4: Yeah, yeah, we're all in on Shireen. <laughs> Maybe get a
5: vest uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't shoot Shireen. I sh- I, I, a book was
4: enough for Teddy Roosevelt. but yep. bullets have changed. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Return. Uh, mm-hmm. the, no, uh, jokes aside, like I came to America very differently from this, and like uh, I, I've recently became a citizen after a long time, um, and, and like it, you always feel very precarious when you live here and you're not. Um, so. I just want like it, one thing that I noticed was that so many of the folks down there, uh, at one point all of us, at one point I don't know, were also people who had come here themselves um, and like had different stories. And we talked about like another thing I think is really important. Actually, it's like just because people are in a shitty situation doesn't mean that they are not like people. Like sometimes it can be really easy to be like bottle of water, buy bottle of water, here you go bottle of right, water, cheers. Right. Like so they just want to fucking talk to you and like how is your day or like what's your favorite football team? Like like that can be a really valuable way of being like, look, I understand that the government is treating you like shit right now, and that's not with my consent. Like, I... Yeah, they I, want I, human
0: connection, because they're not treated n- like humans. So it's, like, nice yeah. to remember that's like, oh, I'm s-
4: like... Yeah, totally. Like, someone like, seeing me. Yes, exactly, yeah. and just being like, we are in community, like, we are yeah. here to do whatever we can to make this a little bit less fucking barbaric, like... I always think I should buy like soft toys for the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of money on soft toys for kids over the years. But um, I remember one time we cleared out a Costco <laughs> in <into> Tijuana, <laughs> like had them all in the bed of a pickup truck, and they were like trying to fly out as we drove down the freeway. It was uh, it was a good time. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think that common humanity is super important. Um if people have language skills and they want to help, like you know, there are always organizations to help migrants american Friends service committee is a really good one I, I don't think they would care if you were not a person of faith i think lots of the people helping out with them are not they're just nice people um so and there are like, so many
0: languages uh, apparently that need translating like it's not just spanish i think a lot of people assume it would just be like i don't know spanish I, i'm not gonna go but it's so many other languages that would be helpful
4: yeah, like I I speak French uh and like I, I honestly spend as much time at the border speaking French or Spanish. Uh, I have like passable communication in Haitian Creole and then can sort of if some people speak like more formal French uh who are Haitian so I can speak to them, but yeah, I, I don't speak Tajik or Uzbek or, or Russian or Vietnamese. Um so like yeah, those people are therefore it's harder for them to access Solidarity, right, and to talk to people and to be seen. Like we can try our best with cell phone apps. Uh, the the person who had been taken to the hospital was Vietnamese and uh, was just doing a stalwart job of like. Obviously, they were to the north of the border, so among the volunteers, basically, and and we were using our phones to talk, and they were helping us distribute shit, right, and then helping explain to the Vietnamese people, hey. Like you have to be in this line if you want this, and this line if you want that, and, and like so that was nice, and and it's always like great to see like people empowered by that process. Like they're not just like asking for stuff; they're also helping get other people stuff, and I think that mm-hmm. that helps both parties. And so like, there's this means of like I guess like people call mutual aid solidarity, not charity, which I think that. Illustrates really well, you know, like all these people are there to be in solidarity with people who they consider to be members of their community, not, not to like gain some karmic reward or whatever. Like, um, and I think that's a really laudable thing. It's something we should all participate in if we can. I understand that everyone's near the border, but like, yeah, we can't change this. Like, we're all supposed to vote for Joe Biden because he wouldn't be a piece of shit to migrants, and he's been a complete piece of shit to migrants uh, for the entirety of his time in office, and I sincerely believe he'll be a piece of shit to migrants if he is elected again so yeah when you can't fucking change this by uh voting for someone i wish you could i wish it was that easy but like sadly it requires your active participation and um yeah i'm just constantly impressed by people who will like the people from free shit collective they bought their entire family right i sent them a message they were like yeah. We're on our way. What do you need? Blankets. Okay. We have like 100 blankets and a generator. And uh, like within an hour, at least some of those people had a warmer place to sleep, right? Yeah. Before that, I was giving out the blankets I had for camping in my truck, but I have like two sleeping bags in my truck. It's not enough. Um, so yeah, I think that's something we can all do in our own communities. But yeah, right now, again, uh, I guess Biden's administration are back on their bullshit at the border. And um It's important that people just pay attention to it, right? I guess you could write your Congress people, but they didn't do shit last time. They won't do shit this time. Uh, But people can show solidarity in any way or lend their language skills. I think now is a really important time to do that.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating because the border in general just becomes like a political talking point, right? Like Biden uses it for his benefit and then it's like, I'll pick it up when I need it again.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it
0: is. It's it's pretty infuriating.
4: It's fucking annoying. Yeah, it's incredibly infuriating for me to see, like, I guarantee, right? I was down there yesterday where no other media uh, folks will be there today. Folks who haven't been there since May will roll up again, right? Who haven't covered the border, who don't have a working knowledge of, uh, like, what's happened since Title 42, which is that apprehensions have dropped, by the way. Like, like, uh, travel across the border has got a lot lower since Title 42 which is what we were told that opposite of what every op-ed told us was going to happen um, because I know people maybe should not be writing about the border when they live in DC or New York um, but yeah Biden will come back to the border next time he gets attacked by Republicans on border stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and until then like these people will be treated as if they're numbers or as if they don't matter and like each of them has a story and a reason for being here and, and uh Yeah, they're not just numbers. They're they're all people. Uh, and every time someone dies trying to come to this country to be safe, it's a tragedy and it's a preventable tragedy. uh And it's one that the Democrats are just as complicit as the Republicans in. Yeah. And you know, uh, we've spoken a lot about groups you can you can go to, right? Like we spoke about Border Kindness. Uh, we spoke about Borderlands Relief Collect Relief Collective. Like there are a million and one ways to help. I won't detail them all now, but um, yeah it's something that like we can't erase the like i feel genuinely ashamed every time i'm down there you know to be american now but uh it's just hard when people are like hey what's going to happen you have to be like well we don't know but like you might be separated from your family you might be detained they're probably going to take most of your clothes they might take your belt off you know you can wear one jacket one shirt your pants and your shoes they might take your shoelaces and then you just go into the fucking abyss of of processing, right? It might be years till you get your court date and you might not have a right to work until then, but it might cost you 10, 12 grand to get a lawyer to represent you. How do you get that money? Fuck too much, I know. You know uh, and it, yeah, it, it's deep. I feel really ashamed. But uh, yeah, all we can do is, is try and help however we can.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, sorry that was really depressing.
5: Wasn't <laughs> no, it? Uh, no, no, I, I no, no, it's yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> That's
0: the
5: uh, truth. I really yeah. admire that yeah.
0: instead of like kind of wallowing in the shame, you're like I actually want to do something and it's okay that I yeah. feel shame. That's valid. It's I it, both things can be true. I can be helpful and I can also have perspective on it. So
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah it helps to help. It helps me. It helps other people to yeah. feel active, not like acted upon. And that's why folks on who are migrants want to also participate in migrant aid, right? Like even folks who are in between the wall right now, like organizing the the phone charging queue because it helps to not just feel acted upon and removed of agency. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, do mutual aid if you can. Yeah. Be
5: nice. Yeah,
4: be nice. Be nice. Fuck the border patrol. Mm-hmm. I think that that more or less covers it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's our message. That's Shireen's presidential slogan.
0: Yes. That's my campaign.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, I'll work on that. Okay.
4: Yeah. Goodbye. Bye everyone.
2: It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products.
3: Zumo Play.